I'm Brendan Urich, the CEO of Electric Royalties. Uh, we are a royalty company focused exclusively on those clean energy metals, uh, really required to move the forward uh, the world into a clean energy future. Uh, we've got a portfolio of 22 royalties, one of which is still uh, subject to closing. Um, we've got two cash flowing royalties now, a third one uh, imminently about to enter production. Um, and, uh, you know, we've had about 420 million raised by operators going into our assets since acquisition, another 100 million uh, in plant financings announced over the last couple months. So, um, you know, it looks like it should be a very good year for us. Brendan, thank you very much for the introduction. Good to see you again. Um, we spoke about two months ago uh, and we had a bit of a dive into your portfolio. We looked at some of the assets and things. Uh, I would like to just kind of take a step back and have a slightly more macro uh, discussion, please, this time. Um, really on how lithium companies are valued, uh, where they are kind of are best had, uh, you know, when's the best time to hold them in a, in a, in a cycle, um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I, I, I get it. I, from the, from your smile, I can, I can tell you're going to tell me the best time to have a lithium company it's all the time. But, um, um, I guess <laughs> not necessarily, I, I think a royalty company is always good to hold. Um, you know, I, I think lithium equities, uh, you know, sorry, sorry, sorry. I mean, I, I meant to say royalty company a royalty companies is, you know, the, the best time to hold a royalty company is all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. You're right on that one. Uh, but I think lithium equities have, have gotten a little way, uh, from themselves. Um, you know, it's funny, the, the market's always like that. You know, we target nine clean energy metals. We think the opportunity really across the board, um, is the same that you've seen in lithium this last kind of bull, you know, 18 months, two years. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the market is funny like that, you know, it's kind of like a bandwagon and, you know, right now people just understand and have just been learning about lithium and, you know, it's obviously one of the key ingredients It's kind of the first one that's, that's taken off. Um, but we see that opportunity really across the board, uh, for these metals and we think that's going to happen in, in time. Um, so yeah, I think lithium equities are, are a little bit crazy right now. You know, obviously there's been a ton of groups that have come out of the woodwork. So there's a lot of, you know, kind of questionable, maybe assets out there. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of lithium supply, I think long-term. Um, but, uh, but you know, right now it's, it's great to be in the lithium space. Uh, we've got, uh, our flagship lithium royalty, Oche, uh, that's about to enter production. It's going to be part of the largest lithium mining operation in Canada this year. Um, and where lithium prices are right now, that's going to be very good, you know, obviously for, uh, for what that is paying out to us. Um, but I think, you know, generally in the market, I think the lithium equities have, have kind of gotten a little bit crazy. Um, you know, maybe some of the other mar uh, metals that we target, uh, those companies are a little bit beaten up. So, you know, we expect that to normalize, um, as we move forward. Yeah. Um, sorry for my, 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 my brain focus on lithium. I, I, I was meaning to say royalties all the way through that. Um, <clears throat> but, um, at PDAC a couple of months ago, uh, sorry, it's not even a couple of months ago. It's a, it was just one month ago. It feels like so, so long since I was there. Um, the... The, the mood was beaten up, you know, among those junior companies, it was looking quite beaten up. And just before this interview, I, I um, two days ago, you put out a, an update on seven of your royalty, uh, on, on a portion of your portfolio. And this is when you mentioned the the um, the amount of capital that's been raised and the amount of uh, investment that's been made into that project. Um, it's into that portfolio. Around half a billion dollars has gone into the, your portfolio. Um but uh, what I was struck by as I went through the the list of the companies was that some of them are really quite micro cap. 
Um, it, was, it just kind of it was a slight um, disconnect between the size of the some of the companies and the amount of money that's gone into the projects. I mean, perhaps um, care to comment on that? Yeah, I mean, I think generally our, our operators have done a pretty good job of being able to raise capital and and to to move those assets forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of funny. You know, we had the same calls uh, from investors when we went public two and a half years ago. Um, you know, and one of the best ones was about a company called Sayona Mining. Um, you know, they operate our OJ lithium project. I think right now their market capitalization is about $2 billion. Um, when we, we bought into that asset, you know, their market cap was about $5 million. And so, you know, obviously, you know, you've seen an incredible growth in size. Um, you know, and they're a lithium company. Lithium has been the first metal to really kind of take off. Um, but like I said, I think we expect that to happen, uh, you know, for the rest of the metals and, and the rest of these companies, um, you know, over this next five, 10 years. And it's just going to happen a little bit, uh, I think, staged. You know, lithium has been the focus. Everybody has jumped into that. And so you've seen valuations uh, really take off. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we have metal shortages really across the board for nine different metals. Uh, that we're targeting, they're all going to be essential uh, for the world to move forward to to clean energy. Um, and so, you know, people, I just don't think recognize that yet. And that's really, um, I still think a, a great opportunity. It's, you know, means there's opportunities for us to continue adding royalties, um, you know, because royalties are great when uh, equity valuations aren't, uh, you know, so uh, I think it's just, a, it means there's lots of opportunity out there. I can understand how people, you know, look at the operating size of these companies, but um you know, these, these groups have the best in class assets uh, for these metals, you know, primarily in Europe, North America, and Australia. So, um, it's, you know, you can't recreate those. Uh, they took millions of years to form and, and they're really uh, the very few. So uh, it, was, it was one of the companies I looked at actually was, um, I looked at, I, I think it was your, in, in your list of seven assets that you provided an update on. The fourth one, it was a project called Graphite, Graphite Bull. Um, I think it was the, it used to be called Yilga. Um, yeah, it used to be Albert, the former Yalber project. Yeah. Buckstrom resource. Yeah. Yalga, Yalga. And, um, the company's called Buxton resources. And I, I just looked at the market cap and I thought, well, $30 million. I thought, oh, there's another micro cap. And I looked and I, expa I expanded the share price to come to full screen. And it's, it's gone on a real tear in the last two months. I mean, it must've, it must've been a micro micro cap, uh, two months ago. And it's had a really good, um, jump from, five ten five six million dollars up to 30 odd million dollars aussie yeah and honestly i i mean that that project's starting to really kind of take off um you know we like that project what they initially had and we bought in and that's been over a couple of years ago and they were really just quietly working around on the metallurgy for a number of years and so i know there's a lot of long lead items that are very sexy metallurgy is i think the most important aspect of anything clean energy metals focused um given the purities and uh you know whatnot that you need to to make batteries so um, but yeah, in the last couple of months, I think people started to really pay attention, you know, now they're looking at the expiration potential on that project. Um, you know, it was already pretty high grade. Uh, they look like uh, the expiration has gone quite well and the metallurgy, um, since you have that kind of comfort that, um, you know, you've had some success there, you can actually do something with the graphite at the end of the day. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that's a project that can move forward very quickly. I think the graphite space is prime for, you know, something similar to what has happened in lithium. Um, it's a little bit more complicated. I don't think it's got as many eyes yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a perfect example. I know of a project that, um, you know, we liked two years ago, um, uh, and it's finally starting to kind of catch, you know, investor interest and, and gain some momentum. What do you f feel when, what, um, <clears throat> I, when I was walking around the PDAC, when I look at the kind of the macro, uh, 
financial environment, the macroeconomic environment. Um, I, I really feel that this is a kind of a time of uncertainty and and um, kind of financial risk, and it, that t gets my head thinking down the kind of the gold route. Um, it, it makes me think of precious metals, um, and if I could think of kind of the the um, the kind of more industrial metals, I kind of go conservative. I kind of start pulling my 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 horns in and and uh, go to something like copper, um, which is it, it's a bellwether for the economy, and that's held up surprisingly well. Possibly kind of tightness on supply and stocks being pulled down. But I don't immediately think of the minor metals. I don't think of the the battery space. I, I see all of that as kind of a, a long-term um, mega trend, but perhaps having a, a dip at the moment. Are you are you seeing the dip? Or do do you do you feel? I, I mean, yes, yes. We've spoken a little bit about um, lithium, but are you getting lots of calls uh, about? Do you see lots of opportunity in that space? And is that a function of a lack of capital? So there's a lack of competition for your dollars, or is there kind of um, is is the is the focus actually still on these minor metals? Yeah, I I think you know definitely we are exposed to copper and you know nickel, zinc. I mean those are already very big markets. Lithium as well. Uh, we've got the second largest lithium royalty portfolio assembled. Um, you know, so I think we're pretty well diversified. You know, including some of those key metals. But yeah, the funny thing is. You know, from for, first of all, from a supply demand perspective, the reason why I think there's a difference than the gold space. You know, there's gold everywhere. It's really about a fundamental of economics, and you know, is it worth getting out of the ground? Whereas, you know, all of these different metals, which are essential for all different types of technology that are essential for, you know, modern life in the 21st century, they were already facing and and looking at you know supply demand imbalances coming forward. You know, the clean energy transition has just really thrown that into overdrive. Um, you know, and so. Uh, we've already been mining, you know, uh, for a lot of these metals, um, especially copper, you know, the best deposits on the planet already for, you know, 50 plus years. And so I think the supply demand imbalance for all these different metals, which we really need, you know, um, are are really the fundamental driver over the long term. And so what, why we feel really great about our thesis, um, you know, I definitely think there is a lack of capital to this space, you know, for all the big money and the, the trillion dollars of, uh, you know, infrastructure spending and and all that, uh, very, very, very little of it is actually going to explorers, developers, um, you know, pr groups that are looking to bring in new production. Um, you know, so it's, it's, uh, there's definitely a lack of capital out there to the space. I wouldn't want to be a, a developer and operator right now, um, you know, because they have to raise equity and, and keep moving stuff forward. And it's a very dilutive and capital intensive process. Um, whereas, you know, you mentioned we've had, you know, about a hundred, $500 million going into our portfolio. That's really no cost to us. So our portfolio keeps developing and it doesn't cost us anything. We don't have to go out to market and really dilute ourselves in a big way uh, to, to see meaningful growth. Um, and so I think we're kind of lucky in that regard, but uh, definitely still lots of opportunities out there. Um, you know, if we, we had that better access to capital as well, we'd be doing a lot more deals. Interestingly, the, um, it's almost the lack of capital for the explorers, the lack of the, the, the punitive... Uh, dilution that that the explorer developer be the people who uh, are not raising kind of build construction finance but actually looking to raise money for more drilling for resource definition for the 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 de-risking episodes of PEAs pre-feasibility studies you know that capital is so expensive at the moment and in, in a way that's actually giving you um, the opportunity to to sign up these new uh, royalties, which is what you've been able to do in the in the great fair market of the last two and a half years. 
Um, but you wouldn't want that to continue for too long. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny. Yeah, well, I look at our, uh, let's just take our producing royalties. Um, you know, our actual accounts cost acquisition on those, uh, funnily enough, is only about $1.75 million. Um, you know, our OCHA lithium royalty, we acquired that a number of years ago uh, as our, our going public transaction. Our cash cost on that was only about half a million dollars. You know, but back then, Sayona was a, a $5, 6000000 million company. A half a million bucks, you know, not that we actually gave them that was an existing royalty, but half a million bucks to them would have been 10% dilution. And you look at where they're at today as a, a $2 billion company. So it, it makes a big difference when it's when it's early on like that. Um, but, you know, our royalties, those three producing royalties, our zinc royalty, it's on uh, vertically integrated, the only primary zinc producer in the U.S., right? That's kind of crazy. Our lithium royalty is going to be on really the only uh, and largest lithium mining operation in Canada. Um, and our uh, tin royalty that we just closed on, that's the largest and only producing tin mine in all of Europe. Um, and so I think it's pretty, you know, pretty... Uh, I mean, after, so really, you know, if those are the most advanced and the onlys, I mean, after that, you have to get into development expiration, right? And, and so capital has to go there to really, uh, support, um, demand or sort of supply coming down the road. Um, and it's not, <laughs> and so that really is just going to mean, I think higher metal prices, um, you know, for, for those metals, uh, because that development pipeline of, of projects really isn't being, uh, supported. Um, but you know, it provides an incredible opportunity for us. Um, you know, we don't have any competition really on, on non-dilutive funding, uh, for, you know, developers and, you know, explorers for these metals. But you wouldn't want it to last for too long. I mean, cause you want, you, you, uh, you want to have a window where there, there's staff for capital, where you can go in and you can, you can sign the, the royalties, but you don't want it to last too long because you actually want other people to be putting money in to advance. Once you've got your royalty base in there, you want other people's money to be coming in and driving the sector, no? Yes, I think uh, I think the nice thing is about being diversified with nine clean energy metals is that some of those metals are are going to be able to attract capital like the lithium space has. Um, but we're we're expecting to be cash flow positive at the end of this year, you know. And if if we do absolutely nothing, you know, we we see a portfolio growing significantly in cash flow over the next kind of five six years to uh, to a to a much better place. So yeah, theoretically, we don't really have to do anything. It's uh, just we can be opportunistic. Um, I think there is a tremendous opportunity if you look at our, you know, acquisition costs, the deals that we've done, you know, what we're paying on stuff for us to be able to keep growing and, and keep adding deals like that. I think it's very, very hard to lose. And I think when you look at the macro, you know, long-term picture, uh, <laughs> portfolio is going to look, you know, very, very smart, uh, you know, down the road. Um, but at the same time, we don't have to, you know, so we, we're not in any position where um, we're desperate or, or need to do something in a, in a bad market or a downtime. We can just be opportunistic. Uh, you know, keep picking away at good opportunities and, and kind of go from there. Um, you mentioned earlier the kind of the, the cost of capital, kind of the, the punitive cost of capital for equity juniors. Um, can we just talk about your cost of capital and the, um, uh, in mid-January, you, you, you took out a credit facility with one of your larger shareholders for $5 million. Um, the interest rate on that is 15%. Um, is, is that what you see as kind of a, being a fair cost of capital um, for your for the for the company. I mean, could, could, let, let's talk let, let's talk a bit more about that. Yeah. Well. So. Yeah. Okay. Let's hear. Let's hear back then. So right now, uh, I believe it's we've only had done up to two million. Uh, was that facility with our our largest shareholder? He is our largest shareholder. Um, you know, owns close to twenty percent of the company. Uh, you now fifty percent interest rates. The headline number. That's what always you know attracts people's attention. Um, I think if you actually look at what the other groups that lend to the, the junior mining space are, are actually getting, 
I mean, their all-in cost is closer to 20% anyways. Uh, you know, regardless of if their headline interest rate is 10 or 12 and a half or what, um, you know, generally those groups are lending at about a 20%. Now, when I say all in, there's stuff that goes into, uh, you know, what your actually cost of capital would be, especially on a facility like that. And so, you know, we have none of those on top, right? There's no structuring fee. You know, typically groups will require you to pay about 2% of whatever they're giving you just right up front. That just goes back in their pocket. That's just the cost of, you know, you have the capital there. Typically, you're paying interest on the amount that's undrawn. So if they're putting a, say, $5 million facility together, uh, you know, you're paying interest on that $5 million. We're only paying uh, basically on, on what we've drawn down. So right now, we've only drawn down $1 million. Uh, we have uh, another deal which we've just announced that's going to cost us $500,000. we are planning to use the facility uh, to close on that. And we might increase the facility, you know, nominal amount as well. Um, I know our, our largest shareholder, Stefan, He's, he's very supportive. He'd do a much higher number if we wanted. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of good things about this facility. You know, it's, it's convertible at 50 cents a share. Uh, there's no interest payments over the life of the loan. So it's all capitalized and, uh, you know, due at the end of term, which is three years. I think over a three-year period, we're not really worried, um, you know, at all, but where our portfolio kind of gets to. Um, and so, and there's no early repayment fee. So, you know, really this is uh, a facility that lets us just kind of keep doing deals, not missing deals. Uh, but if we were to say, you know, be valued at a place where we could raise equity tomorrow and we wanted to repay this, I mean, there would be no early repayment cost of any kind. And that's, so there's a lot of different benefits to this. I think that you'd never see quite frankly from any other uh, lender out there. And it's, you know, partially because they're our, our largest shareholder. Um, and, and so they're very supportive. Um, but uh, yeah, so that 15% number, I don't think that's crazy. You know, generally, I think it actually probably compares, you know, pretty well. But when you look at the extra, you know, add-ons and items that, um, you know, people might not necessarily see in the headline, uh, but definitely exist, you know, in the space. Um, I think this is a, a really just kind of good facility to, to let us keep uh, growing right now, um, you know, without doing anything that really hurt the, the shareholders of the company. And you, you have an internal discussion. You obviously have that discussion to say that this is a less dilutive approach than um, raising capital at, at, the, at, the, at the book value that w w when you need money to transact on the, the royalties that you wanted to on which you wanted to transact. Yeah, it's very flexible, um, you know, and so it just kind of gives us flexibility right now to keep uh, yeah, doing deals that we don't want to miss out on, um, you know, like our, our Panuda acquisition that we closed on earlier this year. Um, and so, yeah, so it's about flexibility. I think the funny thing is if you ever announce to the market you need to do a financing, they're to come crush you. And so, you know, we, I basically said we will, we will never do an equity financing, you know, not until it's at a you know, fair evaluation. And so... This really just lets us, you know, make sure that um, we can just keep growing and, and don't have to, um, you know, pull the trigger on anything unless it suits us. Well, let's come. Let's pick up on those words fair valuation that you've just used. Um, what do, what do you, uh, you know, your market caps, uh, your market caps, where are we? Um, $35 million. You've, your share price is $0.37. Cents. Um, what, what's, yeah, grossly undervalued would be, <laughs> you know, I think if you look at some that we now have, you know, a few better cops out there. Um, you know, I think Lithium Royalty Corp just went uh, public recently, did a, a, did a raise. I think their market cap's around $800 million. Um, Yeah, we have more royalties than they do now. I think we're, all, we're definitely much better diversified. They're 100% lithium, uh, you know, whereas we're diversified across nine clean energy metals. You know, they've got uh, a couple royalties that are uh, in the construction phase that are big royalties for them. So, you know, they're maybe a couple years ahead of where our portfolio is and some of our bigger development stage royalties. 
Um, you know, but would I would I say that they're worth you know twenty or or thirty extra valuation? I mean, definitely not. Um, you know, I think there's definitely a, a multiple of wiggle room in there. Um, you know, and so I, I'm I'm hopeful that uh, you know you look at some of those valuations, people will start to understand you know, the value in our company. But um, yeah, it's it's still painful. It's been painful, you know, to be where we're at. I think um, makes it, it more difficult to do deals. Uh, but I think we're still finding you know very cheap opportunities to to be creative. Uh, you know, despite that, I I I looked up uh, the a presentation of uh, one of your peers, um, <clears throat> who's also a couple of years ahead of you. Um, and they're trading at around $200 million market capitalization. And by their revenue estimates, they're trading on around 10 times cash flow. Um, and the, 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 the peer group which, that includes them is trading somewhere between 20 and 25, if you want to include the outliers or not. Um, does, that, does that surprise you? Is, is that what you look at? That doesn't surprise me. And I think if you look at the, the bigger groups like uh, you know, Franco Nevada and the, the much more diversified groups, You'll see even even higher, uh, you know, earnings multiple. It could be, I think, as high as forty, um, and uh, you see it on the um, NAV valuations as well. You know, typically the junior royalty companies. I wish we were, you know, getting that, but it would trade about one times NAV. Um, you know, and as you get bigger, more diversified, uh, you know, the big guys trade up to kind of two and a half, even higher sometimes. So I think a lot of that just comes as you're, uh, you know, keep growing, you get a little bit more diversified. Um, you know, nice thing is I think our portfolio, we are very diversified. No one asset right now, um, you know, makes or breaks us. They're all, uh, you know, fairly, uh, equally invested. Um, and we're across nine different metals. So, uh, I think we're, we're a little bit more diversified than you see it. Some typically, you know, smaller junior relative companies, but over time that should definitely be a re-rating, uh, that we would hope to capture. Um, but, but let's start getting, you know, that, that fair valuation at a junior relative company level, um, you know, before we. Well, let's. I mean, I mean, I I recall from the last time we spoke, you felt that you were under. Um, I can't remember whether you said under point two or point three nav, but it, it was it was a kind of, it, it certainly wasn't. Um, uh, there, there was plenty of room to get to point five nav. Let's put it that way. Um, it, 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 in your estimation, no. What are the triggers for that? You know, how's the market going to? Uh, you know. <laughs> What are the catalysts going to be that are the unlocking of of gradual value for you to close that dis discount to NEV? It's a good, it's a good question. Something definitely that I've been you know pondering, and um, I I think to be honest with you, I don't know if it'll happen ahead of the private equity guys doing something because um, you know there's a lot of private equity groups, some big very big pools of money out there, um, and to do due diligence on a portfolio of 22 assets like us, it's it's harder for retail investors to do. Um, and so, you know, I, th I think ultimately those guys are have a bit of an edge, uh, quite frankly, because they have teams of people, you know, and so, and a lot of those groups really love the royalty space to understand royalties from, uh, from different sectors. And so, you know, that's one option, one potential route is that, um, you know, unfortunately retail investors never wake up to it in time, you know, and, and private equity comes in and, and they make them a lot of money, uh, um, you know, versus, versus investors. But I think I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, as we get cash flow positive this year. Um, you know, some of our other uh, royalties are, are advancing closer to production. You know, we add a couple more producing royalties. I think that'll be a, a big catalyst, cash flow positive. You know, where you, it means you don't have to dilute anymore. Um, you know, we can actually fund deals out of cash flow. And so I, I'm hoping that'll be the catalyst against, you know, retail investors there. But um, uh, but it'll be a race against against time against the private equity groups uh, who definitely, you know. So uh, 
what, what, as in the private equity groups could be a kind of a group that um, uh, kind of a, a, a predator, kind of a, a bigger fish that might want to come and swallow you guys up. Yeah, well, I think you see in all those groups now, he would get invited to things like a lithium royalty core IPO. And, and so they're definitely getting aware of, um, you know, opportunities and valuations in this space. I think for us, a lot of those groups typically wouldn't look at us because we're too slow, we're still too small, right? You know, they want to write, you know, hundred million dollar checks and such. But if you were to do, you know, say due diligence on a on a lithium royalty corp IPO, I they've got the biggest lithium royalty portfolio. We've got the second biggest, you know, and there's really no nobody else besides us. So um, I think I think you see a lot of those groups looking at now getting invited to the space and kind of checking around. Um, yeah, so I think it'll be I think it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, and, and and like I said, I mean, those groups have, you know, they got teams of people, um, you know, to go through and, and really do deep dives. So I think the space is just heating up. It's going to be exciting, definitely, you know, as we move forward. Interesting. Um, I, I know that private companies like to do um, kind of placements along the way. They like to kind of get in new investors just once in a while, just to kind of, just to show the kind of the growth and value of the company. Um, the equity market is a kind of a slightly strained beast like that because it's so emotive and it's so volatile that you... you it's definitely not efficient, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I can tell you that. And it's, you know, it's funny. I mean, you know, somebody just sells shares on the wrong day and a Friday, your stock goes down 5%, uh, you know, and now then you're building a trend into the next week and all the, you know, the day traders starting you too. It's funny. Um, uh, yeah, it's not efficient. I don't think necessarily us being public right now, you know, is the, is the best, you know, most efficient way out. If we were still private, definitely would be raising money at a better valuation. Um, you know, like all the private equity groups have been, um, and we'd be monetizing it, you know, it'd be much easier to monetize and say, Hey, our valuation is X, like all the private groups have been, um, you know, I think it was helpful for us while we were growing. It was really the only option, you know, we went public just as COVID was happening and we have used our share capital, uh, to get a lot of deals done that we, we couldn't have otherwise. But, um, yeah, no, I think if, if you look at the private side of things and, and, and what groups are doing and the valuations are off the scale, you know, relative to what you're seeing in some of the public markets. Um, funnily enough, that was when I, I first saw the private equity groups playing in the public markets. Uh, in the last cycle, uh, it was in 2013, 14, 15, because the private equity groups realized that they had much better value entry into projects through the equity markets than they did through the private side, because the private companies were able to hold their value, whereas the equity equity is being crushed. Um, by the guy selling uh, small amounts of volume on the Friday afternoon, for example. Um, talking about, you've you mentioned the private equity guys who've got the teams and the ability to run the slide rule over the entire portfolio. And you've sp spoken about the difficulty of retail investors to kind of understand the detail of the entire portfolio. What about the institutions? What are the conversations that you're having with institutions? Because they like a value discount. Yeah, I think, you know, even still, there's just such a lack of expertise, even among the institutional groups about um, how to assess clean energy metals projects, whether it's lithium or tin or, you know, even nickel. I think there's just such a lack of, uh, you know, people that really know what they're doing and, and where to put money. So I think it's we've had a, a funny amount of, of groups talking to us to try to figure out, you know, where are opportunities in the space and where could they deploy capital? So I think that's kind of funny because there is a lot of money right now that's sitting on the sidelines that has just been sitting there for you know 12 months or more, hasn't invested in stuff. Um, and that's partially because they don't really know this space. And it's it's a brand new space. You know, the clean energy metal space barely existed, you know, five years ago. Um, it's definitely going to have to grow. It's the human resource side of it because 
uh, you know, the, the, the size potential and where, where we're going. But um, I think there's a, a lack of, you know, qualified people on the investment side. I think for us too, it's, it's, again, it's just kind of a function, unfortunately, of size. And so it's a real chicken and egg problem, you know. Um, you know, you don't get analyst coverage from a, a major bank until I think the smallest groups they cover, about $100 million. Um, you know, evaluation, uh, typically want to be about $50 million in size. So an institutional group to come in, write a $5 million check, you know, they don't go over that, you know, 10% ownership, uh, threshold. So those are kind of two benchmark, you know, I guess, um, from a, from a institutional group perspective, but, uh, a couple of comments on that. One is that the, 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 the brokers won't want to cover you if you're not issuing equity. You know, you, you won't get a buy recommendation unless you're writing checks to them. Um, the other is. The, the the way to get your we'd have to work out a deal at some point when it made sense you know there would be an equity raise at some point down the road only in exchange for endless coverage and i'll i'll hold that hostage uh and threaten to get you know till the, till it happens so but yes you're right i mean there'll definitely be a price to pay um at some point um and and then on the on the market capitalization size you're not i mean you're halfway there really um which is a great start uh, and the, the 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 conversation to have though that is just buy buy five million dollars of um, stock in the open market and you'll get the liquidity and the market capitalization will soon be fifty million dollars. I mean it'll um, a higher price. You do, you've just got to persuade someone to to get in there and get buying on the open market. Yeah, and uh, I I think we've cleaned up a lot of our kind of free stock that's been out there. I mean, if you look at um, Stefan Gleason, you know his ownership's up to close to twenty percent. Myself, my family, um, you know, combined are about fourteen percent. Uh, then we have Globex, you know, that that gets us to just between those three groups, close to fifty percent of uh, of our shareholding. So, um, you know, I think we're 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 getting fairly tight. Yeah, those groups are. It's funny, you know, a lot of. Uh, especially the institutions, they all want to deal. They all want to, you know, look smarter than the next guy. And um, so a lot of those groups are always trying to get stuff at a discount, you know, same as you get a lot of retail investors that they're excited about the story and they're, I'll wait and see what price I can buy in. Um, and so, yeah, finding those buyers to come in and, and really see that, you know, you could buy this thing up quite a bit and, and still uh, you'd be doing very well. Um, yeah, it's a funny, a funny thing, but there's very few groups out there, uh, you know, like that. Um, but I think we're, you know, we're working on it. <laughs> Did did you um did you say Globex as in um Jack Sock? Yes, yes, yeah. We did our first. Uh, we've done two deals with them, um, and that's how they acquired their ownership. But uh, they've, I think they've sold maybe one uh, percent of the shares that they've they were given. But um, uh, but they've been locked their shareholders uh, since the beginning, and and um, uh, great partners. So yeah. And um, do they build their position by using royalty, issuing royalties on their properties, and that's how they. You issue, you pay that, you give them cash and and equity. Is that how they build up their their equity position? So we so we actually acquired some royalties from them, um, and so we acquired our, our first package of royalties from them uh, as part of our RTO, um, and then we also acquired the uh, Middle Tennessee Zinc producing royalty off of them uh, in partnership with with Sproth, uh, who came in alongside of us for uh, thirteen and a half million, um, and so yeah, we did those two deals, uh, but through those they basically got shares ownership in in electric royalties. Good. Well, um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's been very different to the previous ones, which was kind of more on an asset basis, and this is much more macro. Um, just on the, if, if I'm going to be kind of a stock watcher for the next, uh, for the rest of the year, um, what can I look at on a kind of a proactive basis rather than just kind of observing on a reactive basis? You know, what, what, what have you got? What, what's brewing? What's cooking? 
Yeah, well, I mean, there's lots of stuff that are coming on a on a reactive basis. You know, if you look at our asset update, we just had an asset update on seven royalties. Our last asset update was like a month and a half ago. <laughs> you know, so essentially that was about seven updates on our portfolio over the course of a month. I think you'll definitely continue to expect to see that. You know, we should get our first check from our uh, Panuda acquisition, which closed in January. Uh, very shortly, we should get our first check from OJA, our lithium royalty, uh, later this year. And so I think those are all things that are just coming uh, uh, that we should look forward to. Um, beyond that, definitely we're going to go get some uh, a couple more producing royalties would be my uh, target. Um, you know, we've already got now zinc cash flow, tin cash flow. We're going to have lithium cash flow. Uh, I'd like to get some copper cash flow, um, you know, in the near term. And so I'm hoping that we'll be able to go pick up another producing royalty or two. Uh, and then we've got some kind of interesting deals in the works as well. Uh, I think if you look at us, we've been very creative how we built this portfolio. Um, and I would expect that we're going to be, you know, especially creative this year, um, you know, on the deal front, trying to put some deals together. So, uh, you know, all lots of good stuff coming, um, you know, just from the portfolio built, but uh, definitely don't sleep on us because uh, we're going to be active and, and definitely putting a couple more deals together. Great. Thank you very much for the update. Good talking to you, Brendan. You as well, Merlin. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure.